Welcome to Ciao Bella, hosted by yours truly, Erica Firpo, travel journalist based in Rome. Each week on Ciao Bella, I explore today's Italy, speaking with artisans, designers, hoteliers, architects, artists, Parmesan makers, in other words, the creators who are making the Italy that you love. So sit back and join in. Hey, welcome back to Ciao Bella. This is Erica, and today I am sitting in the suburbs, sort of, of Florence, of Firenze, with Gianluca Foa, the chief commercial officer of Santa Maria Novella. Ciao, Gianluca. Ciao, Erika. How are you doing? I'm great. I'm so happy that I had such a wonderful day with you. I, um, I want to introduce everybody to Santa Maria Novella, if you don't know it, which I'm, I would be surprised, but it is one of the oldest profumeria, farmacia, pharmacies in the world, or at least in Europe. And um, most people, when they come to Firenze, when they come to Florence, they can't help but stop into this beautiful, beautiful store, which looks like, you know, it, it looks, it definitely looks like something out of the past. It looks like a church. It's got vaulted ceilings and it has the most beautiful perfumes, soaps, elixirs in, in the world. And they're all made here in Florence. So I thought, we could talk a little bit about the history. Uh, Erika, you made a, a great introduction. In few words, you explain uh, our origins. So in, in the historical premises that you saw, uh, in effect, it's told our story. That started in 1221, when a little group of monks was called to take care of the outcasts who were tenting on the banks of the river Arno, trying to develop, to get the benefits of the development that the city uh, was having at the time. Of course, uh, there was a lot of, um, there were a lot of pathologies that affected these people, especially the, you know, the, uh, the skin was uh, affected by the dirty that were surrounding them, etc., etc. So the monks tried in something that we can recognize as a mixture between uh, alchemy, uh, basically, and the first attempt of chemistry, trying to fix uh, their pathologies. And um, of course, uh, the most of the remedies didn't work. So, but they tried to to do something, and they start to produce the first ointment, pomades, soaps, uh, and products. Uh, especially after the first epidemic of plague, which affected Europe in uh, 1348. At that time, the city was counting 100,000 people that were reduced to 30,000 at the end of the century. So it means that this morbus was unbelievable. It was terrible and killed so many people, two-thirds of the population. So they started to see the nature, trying to find inspiration to get something that could fix the plague. And uh, this is a, a news, uh, it was a, a curious news that they watching the rose that defend itself uh, from the uh, bites of the insects, producing something. They thought that distilling the petals of the uh, insects. Uh, uh, so I have an anecdote for that. It's uh, in 1381, the monks observing the roses realized that they were producing something to defend the petals from the bites of the insects. And they thought that distilling the petals could create an antiseptic to fight the plague. Of course, it didn't work. But 
we are still selling as our best seller the rose water that they produce at the time. So it's uh, uh, every product that we have has a romantic story uh, behind. Uh, or I can talk of the anti-hysterical water. That, uh, it's a solution that we distill from a plant that, which is called Balsamite Suavol. In English, it's called Cosmary that we cultivate in our plantation. And uh, it has calming properties. So it is said that our grand-grandmothers and uh, even before, uh, the ladies were used to walk uh, with this solution in the bag because there, it was calming the uh, hysterism. So it's, uh, or the vinegar of the seven thieves. Oh, that's yeah. one of my favorite stories. Oh, that's a great story. I said the ladri. yeah, because it, it is said always, the fairy tale says that uh, just being all together, they could recreate the formulation which made them immune to get the plague. Each one of them detained a part of the recipe, so uh, they couldn't trick each other. Uh, just being all together, they could recreate the potion and go to make the robberies in the houses of the people affected by plague. Uh, these are the souls to prevent faintings. And uh, yeah, today we have these products that are called like aromatic vinegar or lavanda salts. Uh, and we sell them just for the people uh, which has the low pressure just to have a little bit more. Yeah. Well, let's, let's go back a few centuries because I know, so, you know, the Dominican monks started doing their let's say, experiments in different cures for people. And then the, the plague happened. Um, but one thing that you told me, which I think maybe because I'm, I, you know, I love Italian history and I love, um, I love Florentine history, but someone who was pivotal, pivotal, sorry, to the story of Santa Medina Novella, but also to the story of France was Catherine de' Medici. Because she, she was of the de' Medici family, the very famous Florentine family and went to, married, was it Henry II? Henry II, Henry de Valois. I'm pretty good with my history. Good, really <laughs> um, good, well um, done. And that would have been in the, in the mid-1500s. Uh, you're right, it, it's, uh, it has been uh, a very important part of our history. Caterina belonging to the most powerful family in Florence at the time, in 1533, when she was just 14, uh, she became Queen of France, marrying Henry II. And uh, she was the best sponsor of the Italian product, the Tuscan product, the habits. Uh, everybody knows that uh, she brought the used to it with cutlery to France and uh, other products or food like bechamel or zuppa uh, l'ognon, zuppa di cipolle. And among these products, she committed the monks to create a perfume which could celebrate the occasion. And they had the intuition to use for the first time in the, the alcohol as the right tool to transmit the perfume on the skin without leaving it greasy, oily, like it was not. Because before you were saying that, before the introduction of alcohol to the perfume, it, the, the perfume could go rancid, is that correct? Uh, they were using olive oil, almond oil, vinegar, so after a while the skin remained a little bit greasy, oily, rancid. Uh -huh. So the smell, they, 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 I mean, they were used to pour themselves with, uh, the, to pour the body with these perfumes to cover the smell. Uh, but of course, after a couple of days, they were, they, they, you know, shower wasn't really a 
a common thing to do. It uh, was more to cover the, the smell. And uh, they were excited to realize that after a while, after they used this water of the queen, this Eau de la Reine, like it was called, this perfume, the skin remained fragrant and dry rather than oily, greasy, and then afterwards rancid. And uh, we can recognize it as the first perfumery of the modern era. At that time also in France, where the monks were producing the padwars, which made the skin so white and pale. That's why ah. the blue blood, because you could see the, oh, the blue the veins coming, uh, through. Through, coming through. I didn't so, know that. So yeah, so that's why they were, uh, and uh, the production during the Renaissance was quite good of this pharmacy, yeah, so they. So because of her, people started to know Santa Maria, Santa Maria Novella, but it wasn't until, and I'm going to probably get the date wrong, 1612 that it Good. became open Perfect. to the Because I wrote the wrong date, and I know you corrected Perfect. me earlier. Perfect. Uh, and why was it open to the public then? Uh, because the fame of the company, uh, because of this fact of Caterina spread as far as France, and uh, the clients start to, the customers, the products were, were given for free until the time to the community uh, of the convent, because Santa Maria Novella, meanwhile, had become a big convent from uh, the little church in the vineyards that was established in 1231. And, uh, but the, the offer was limited to the population living around the convent. Uh, these facts uh, really increased the popularity of the pharmacy. And at the end, the monks, they were, you know, the monks are always smart and they can, they can anticipate the, the market needs, etc. They are, were, have been always perfect marketing managers. And they <laughs> thought that uh, the, the, uh, um, fortune of the pharmacy uh, would have been to be in perfumery rather than in drugs. So they opened the store uh, selling the products with the name, naming it Officina Profumo Farmaceutica di Santa Manuela, writing before the name of ephemeral things, perfumery rather than drugs, oh. because they understood that the business was in there. And that's why afterwards, in 1848, they changed the main sale room from the little main sale room that they opened in 1612 to the big one that is still our main room in the San Nicolo Chapel. But when you visit, and, and in fact that's that's something worth noting, that when you visit the the, the boutique in Santa Maria Novella, on Via, Via della Scala, um, you're going, you can actually head to the original room, because it's the one that you, you brought me to that's in the far back, that looks out onto the courtyard of the mini of, cluster of the cloister exactly because it's still all of this still exists which is what's so fascinating in fact when you come to to Firenze on the train the train station is called Firenze Santa Mira Novella because it's the big church there and the convent and the cloister correct and so you can just walk around the corner and then you enter and you're in this I think what twin churches that have been deconsecrated is that what they it's have? very difficult to be found because everybody is looking for a pharmacy or a store or a yeah. perfumery instead you see a wooden door big one with nothing no sign outside etc and uh, you see just a long queue of Koreans or Japanese getting in, etc. And you recognize that maybe there there is something. So you get in and you find yourself in a church because it's a church. There are two chapels uh, that were consecrated and afterwards they became uh, part of the business of Santa Maria Vella. So the monks had the intuition 
and they made a good move to open another entrance on Via della Scala, because the, this gave the direct access to the, to the, from the city to the main sale room, and this increased so much the sales. And as you, can, as you saw, we have the museum up there, so we have all the machineries, but of course, until the 2000, we had already the store in Paris, we were using that technology, that, those machineries that now are a part of museum. Well, that's that's another beautiful part of visiting visiting this Via della Scala boutique is that you can walk through and see. Well, there first you have that beautiful cafe that you opened, but next to it you see these incredible. I don't even know that there's that. I don't even know it's a, it's a furnace kind of thing that takes the essences or like you. I, I, what was that thing called? It's a multifractionary distillator. Yeah, I don't know that word. <laughs> <laughs> there are three in the world actually, and it was the system that used by the monks. Uh, to distill uh, up to 25 different plants and flowers uh, at the same time with one fire. Uh, so through a complicated distillation process, they were able to do that. It, it is nice to see that uh, we are still, uh, we show in a veteran the Florentine bottle, uh, designed by Leonardo da Vinci at the beginning of the 500s, that we are still using despite the centuries, etc., because we didn't find anything better to separate the essential oil from the water at the end of the distillation process. So it's really a jump in the, throughout the history of perfumery, but not only throughout the history of this magic city, because you can see the paintings, the frescoes of Mariotto di Nardo, etc., etc. So the life of this company, the life of this church, is connected with the life of the city. That's why it's very important for us to train uh, all our, the sales staff in the world which represent our products, not just on the products, but on the history. You have to breathe our atmosphere to represent the best our brand worldwide. You talk about this as a family, and, and then you said something just beautiful right now. You have to breathe in the atmosphere. And one of the things that I find fascinating is that you still, you know, this Santimiro Novelle, you said more than 80 stores around the world. Is that correct? A uh, little bit less. We will reach 80 stores at the end of this year. But, but, you're, but you're around the world, and but the product or how it's made is mostly done. I mean, everything, almost everything comes from the Florence area. Um, I went, you have three gardens, three huge botanical and plant gardens and fruit gardens um, in and around Tuscany. And you also were saying that there, you still work with fornitori that get the right, get, that forage for the right um, flowers and plants for your potpourri. I mean, this, is, this isn't simply, hey, we're making soaps. I mean, this is every single soap, every single product tells a story of Firenze, in essence. Of and course. In essence, it's such a great little pun because I know you're using essences as well. Um, we are, we are really proud to say that ours is uh, made in Florence, Prada, rather than made in Italy. You know, I'm, I, I know that everybody will critic me right now, but made in Italy most of times is fake made in Italy. We, everybody knows that it's produced elsewhere and just the finishing are made in Italy. We, made a lot, we make a lot of efforts to produce made in Florence, uh, not just making all the production internally in our factory, so nobody is working uh, for us, but we are doing everything by ourselves. But not only, all the suppliers are local. We, even the bags, the shoppers are 
purchased by Florentine or Tuscan. Uh, and this is uh, respectful to the story and to the tradition of this company. So giving, uh, creating, uh, I, I cannot say richness because we are not so big, you know, but creating well welfare to the community so to give back what we are receiving from the city and uh, this makes this product so special so we i we have talked of the story of this pharmacy but of course uh, we are not a museum we have to compete in the international markets with multinationals that are so powerful and our way to win uh, and to i mean uh, there is place for everybody in this sector uh, and we want to remain like we are, a niche, uh, you know, everybody is abused this word, but it gives the sense we want to cover a little, little segment of the, of the market. And uh, the only way we have, because we don't advertise, is to reinvest in our profit in raw materials, skilled people, technology, machinery, laboratories, and research. Eugenio Fanderi, the man that brought this company to be uh, it's a, one of my dearest friends, uh, but he's a great entrepreneur. He got this company 20, uh, over 30 years ago when it was failing, just one store and two employees. And his vision made this company a benchmark of uh, what, uh, in, the, in the cosmetic world. I mean, he just gave, since the beginning, importance to the quality rather than to the quantity. So since the beginning, I thought to be the best manager ever. Uh, when I joined the company, I was a friend of him. I came and said, oh, Jenny, okay, I worked in multinationals before, et cetera, et cetera. And I said, I'm coming, I will open this market, I will open this market, I will put the product here and here. And he said, hey, 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 stop it. You are like a black blackboard. Everything will be signed. I, you don't know everything, and you will never propose Santa Manuela to anybody. You are like a beautiful woman that has to be invited to get out for dinner and never propose herself to go. So it changed the world. And it was my best marketing lesson. I am going to the university to make business management lessons, and you know sometimes they call managers to do that. And whenever they ask me which is which has been your best lesson. This was my best lesson. And it always be my lighthouse, you know, my, I don't know how to explain in English, the faro. The beacon, yeah. So uh, always to select. Uh, so you were so, talking about him as being so, a uh, I, I want to talk about him because really he made a miracle. Uh, 15 uh, uh, university degree were written on Santa Maria Novella. Oh, wow. uh, yeah, so, and uh, we have the international press covering us. We just released a couple of interviews in the news primetime CBS Sunday morning or ZDF, etc. And this means that, you know, no company uh, it's uh, called to do that, uh, and and it's our way to uh, make business, which is quite uh, unique. Uh, I mean, we don't say we are better or we are worse of the others because uh, you cannot say my product is better than yours because in perfumery, uh, you know, everybody likes. Uh, uh, it's it's too personal. You know, your skin reacts in a way, etc., yeah. etc. Et we are different. We love to be different. So in the way we, we don't follow fashion, we are, our packaging is quite vintage. We don't have advertising agency working for us. We are doing our packaging by ourselves. We decide our strategies. 
we don't decided to don't open the China market because they are testing the product on animals. So we refuse to have a huge turnover, but we respect the animals. We have a line for pets. So imagine if we can ah. accept to test the, our, the product on animals. So there is nothing to test. Our products are natural. Wait, so. I didn't know you had a line for animals. Yeah, pets. Like dog shampoo? We have dog shampoos, dog, uh, dog and cat shampoos, deodorant, uh, neem oil. Neem oil oh, is yeah. against the, uh, and it's uh, a toxic. Yeah. Uh, they, they can even leak it. Uh, we have some products that make the owner happy and the dog's happy. And believe me, these products are better than the ones that we do for, for human beings because they are alcohol-free and we take so much care to produce them that we can use on our babies without any products. So the quality is assured, no matter if they are animals, pets, or whatever. Well, you know, let's talk a little bit about that quality. I walked through um, with, with Gianluca today, I walked through the gardens and then I walked through the factory. And um, one of the things, you know, this, this is a modern factory. They have a super high-tech 21st century lab where everything gets tested on the spot. So the results come back right away so they can keep going forward. Um, but on the, and, and they have machinery that will transport, you know, that will turn the soaps. And, and, and I'm not going to say anything technical because I don't know technical words. But what I will say that's also fascinating is at the same time, you know, when I was watching the soaps being made, there's the soap gets run through the machine, cut, printed, and then it's taken by hand and and wrapped, and wrapped carved and wrapped. I mean, it's, you know, the same thing with the, the candles. There's there's a human touch that is fundamental to Santa Maria Novella. It's critic. Uh, it's critic for two reasons. The first one is to let our customers to understand that their products are not just done by machineries, but they are handmade. So as you uh, had the opportunity to see also in the wax department, etc., we have a lot of uh, handwork. The second reason, which is even more important for us, is that the control of quality is assured since the first steps of the production. So each one get in touch with the product and we have a single product check. We don't have the random check like one piece every hundred or one piece every thousand like in industrial companies, etc. But every piece is tested one by one. So uh, this means that uh, every product getting out of the factory has to be perfect. So even if we don't make big, big numbers, but uh, I mean, our numbers uh, are, uh, every customer is respected in the sense. I mean, whenever we sell a product, we know that we sell quality. And this is what makes us more happy because we receive great feedbacks. Uh, we receive endorsements um, many times from celebrities, etc. that we don't pay. So this is the best for us because it was pays us back of all the efforts and and, uh, and sacrifices. Well, it also it means you have a really personal relationship with with the people that are that with um, your clients because you were telling me that there are people that will say, "Hey, um, I bought the the aqua di tobacco. I'm probably wrong, uh, or I bought I bought a perfume, and this year it smells different." And what were you saying? Of course, it's going to smell different. Uh, it smells different because our way to produce the perfume is different. Uh, in uh, as you saw, we uh, age the perfume in a cellar. Um, we don't put antioxidant to crystallize the life of the perfume. So, of course, they 
keep on going aging. They continue their aging process in the bottles. So for sure, uh, it, uh, they, they, they're, they're always, when you sell the, the products, the tester is always to have the same batch number. Otherwise, it can smell different because through the aging process, the perfume, especially the one that, for example, contain patchouli, uh, becomes more honey color, more uh, intense, uh, more deep, uh, and there was, uh, therefore, there could be a complaint from the customers that say, oh, I have bought, for example, you were saying Tabacco Toscano two months ago, and it smells different from the one that I have since two years at home. Of course, it's normal. And this is what the sales staff come here and learn and have to uh, explain to the clients. Our, our perfumes are different. They are aged in the cellar without the antioxidant under nitrogen so they are like the white wines beautiful and in, and 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 uh, pure white wines that age in the bottle so this is not a defect it's something so costly that the industrial company cannot do it so it's uh, easier to put antioxidant and crystallize the life and put on on sales so everything smells the same but we don't want to do it the soaps you saw you saw that we are putting the real milk and the perfume in the uh, flakes of soap. And then they have to be aged for 30 days. Which you explain, I mean, it's, it's, there's this beautiful relationship also with traditional traditional processes that we relate to food, like the aging of cheese, you were saying. The aging of cheese, but another example is the liqueur. So we have just showed to, uh, we have recently hosted the Negroni Week in Florence, and we were called to be partner with Campari Academy for an event where we explain through a seminar the relation, the strict relation between the perfume, the, the, the olfact, and the taste of and production of liqueurs because it's strictly connected. Uh, the way you feel uh, the, the, the perfume of the liqueurs in the noise with the taste. So everything is at the end connected with the food. We love food, you know, we are Italian. So always we, even this morning, I was taking you to the garden and then I realized every time I was introducing to uh, a, a plant, an official plant, I was saying how it could be used in the, yes, in the, yeah. in the food. So, so this is in ravioli, this is in frittata, the time with the seafood, etc. And then I, I was saying, oh my goodness, that. we are really, we are really Italian. But so, I'm used to it. <laughs> And alkermes, of course, can be used in uh, in pastry, in cakes, but also in uh, in uh, sauces. So yeah, um, we love to 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 work in an ethical way. We work to work uh, being fair and uh, transparent to our clients. So uh, whatever you have seen, it's open. Uh, everybody can book a visit and see like. Uh, now the restaurants are doing again, uh, showing to the customers the kitchen, how they make foods, etc. We show without having any secrets to everybody how we produce the perfumes, the soaps, the body milk, the spa protocol lines, and whatever. Now I know that a lot of these, a lot there, there are so many um, historic, uh, let's call them recipes for the elixirs, for the soaps, for many different products. But I also know that you guys are thinking 
and and since I think the turn of the century, you guys have been also very focused on thinking forward. I know that we've talked a little bit about skincare. For me, anti-aging. <laughs> Um, <laughs> no, you don't deserve it. No, no, you don't need it. I mean. Thank you. Mm. Um, that was that was definitely fishing for a compliment there. Um, but but I know that you guys that that, that we talked about makeup. Um, and this is what I find so great about the company is that you're not just relying on these historical, like I want to say award-winning, but you know constant repeat. Um, products that everybody loves. You're also saying, "Hey, wait a minute! You know, we are in the 21st century." Um, I know you talked about potentially in the future, maybe some makeup stuff. I know we mentioned that briefly, which I'm only going to say because I really want you to do it. <laughs> uh, it was really fishing for compliments, but uh, it's not because. But everybody, uh, even the youngest, need to uh, preserve the skin, preventing uh, the what has become really. Uh, risky. I mean, the sun has become really aggressive right now, so everybody has to protect the skin and prevent using light products, not really the skincare. I mean, but uh, a daily use of a cream uh, since when you are 20 could prevent uh, damages to the skin, etc., especially with uh, the atmospheric condition that we have right now. Uh, for sure, we are thinking to, uh, I mean, you are the first one to whom I say something like that. I mean, no one of us released that until now. Well, I'm just pushing because I'm, I, I think I would like to have that in my, my bathroom. Uh, just we, to, I want the full makeup line. <laughs> we, 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 we are thinking since time to create some, some, some makeup line, some makeup product, uh, according with our business philosophy. So our makeup has to be curative, has to be nourishing, has to be natural, of course, not chemical. So we are thinking to a lipstick, which has to be uh, nice, I mean, for colors, etc., uh, but also nourishing, hydrating, etc. Uh, we are thinking to a foundation, which has to be portable. I mean, it's nothing but our powders. We have powders of all we are producing powders in 600, so we know how to do it. And we want to compact them in a portable uh, ah. packaging, etc. And these become very, very nice uh, to see them in the uh, my daughter's bag or whatever, etc. And uh, another product is to make the, I don't know the name of the... Uh, no, these ones. Uh, like eyelashes? Uh, the mascara, eyelashes, mascara. The, no mascara to make oh, them longer. longer. Yeah, oh. a natural one to to make them longer. Oh, uh, so these are the three ones that we are thinking. Uh, what are some of what are some of um, Sans Maria Novella's top selling products? And does that depend oh, on where you are? We, until now, we have two main selling products that are Potpourri and Rosewater. Uh, but uh, we are just launching an incredible uh, line, uh, which is called Hydralia line. We have already the Hydralia cream, which is our face cream. It's the best seller for skincare. Uh, so according to, and, and replying to the request that we had uh, from the market, from our distributor, etc., we create a line uh, of adding three products to the Hydralia cream which are a gentle exfoliating mask, 
to be applied every morning. Uh, and it's a very, very uh, light peeling to be done every morning. A serum. This serum is hydrating and before the, uh, to be used before uh, the application of the hydralia cream or the eye cream. And uh, a sleeping mask. The sleeping mask is uh, it's a great one because it's uh, chak chak effect. Chak chak is the last fashion of coming from South Korea. Oh. Uh, it's not creamy, it's watery based. So when you do like that, you it's like to feel chak chak. Oh. And it's uh, a, 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 an absorbing mask. So you put every two, three uh, times a week and then you go sleep and it's absorbed and your skin at the, uh, in the morning really looks uh, regenerated and, 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 and bright, etc. And then we have these candles in the glasses that we have just launched two months ago that are going very well. And at the end, we are waiting for the room diffuser with the sticks, uh, which will be our next one. And, you know, we are making new things. So also a travel kit. Now the travel tourism, it has become one of the biggest um, market for uh, cosmetics. So we are thinking to create different packagings for the people like me that are always uh, traveling with the hand, with the the hand, hand, luggage. hand luggage rather than to the check luggage. Uh, so, you know, uh, what we are, it's that uh, being a little company, we are elastic. We are able to adapt to the market needs really fast despite the research takes time because you saw that the processes are quite long but we are really able to make a meeting decide and go where the market asks us to go well, this is fascinating i've had such a wonderful visit and um just to let everybody know as Gianluca was saying you can visit so you can always visit the via della scala boutique which is beautiful and historic um, and you can also by appointment visit the garden so you can see where all of these plants come because this is a botanically inspired company um, they have acres and acres of d different varietals that they are that go into every single one of their products um, i'll give everybody all of that information you can find it online um, so now i just i just want to say thank you i've had such a great day and i i I've also been, you know, I think I, I've been so impressed with that mint soap. It captivated me. That scent is incredible. And that's one thing that I think I want to tell everybody. I watched as they, they made and packaged this incredible mint soap. And it's, you know, it's the wrapping by hand. Francesca had her eyes closed or was actually talking to me and looking away when she was wrapping. I mean, it's, you know, you don't think about these things. And then when you have the cake of soap in your hand, you smell it. It just, you feels, it feels so personal. So... Thank you. Oh, I'd say it has been my pleasure to have you here and to have uh, driven you in our world for, for a little bit of time. But anytime you will come back, it would be our pleasure to host you again. Thank you. Thanks for listening to this week's episode of Ciao Bella. You can find all my episodes on iTunes. And if you have time, subscribe, rate, and let me know your thoughts on the podcast. You can also be part of the podcast by donating. Find Ciao Bella on Patreon.com, where with as little as $1, you get behind-the-scenes photos and videos as I travel all throughout Italy. To learn more about me and my work, go to my website, ericafirpo.com, and follow my Italy adventures on Instagram at ericafirpo. Ciao Bella! 
And a very big thank you and hug to Massimiliano Yonta and Disc to Disc Studios, the producers of Ciao Bella who continue to make me sound and feel great.